0: Amazon.com. Wow. What started as an online bookstore, just running out of a garage is now the world's most powerful company. It has its claws in almost every big industry, finance, retail, manufacturing, tech, even medicine. Yeah. Last November, it launched Amazon pharmacy. It's a brand new service that's offered home delivery for a prescription medication. And Amazon's now trying to get all over the security industry. Have you ever heard of Sidewalk? Okay, if you have a Ring camera or an Amazon Echo, you may have automatically joined its Sidewalk Initiative. It's basically a mesh network that extends your Wi Fi and Bluetooth connection range. It turns your Echo speakers and Ring gadgets into bridge devices. So, for example, your internet could be boosting the lights at the edge of your driveway. It's kind of like a smart neighborhood where every household supports one another. It sounds great. You borrow bandwidth from your neighbors. The more households join this network, the bigger it gets. Well, Amazon says that sidewalk users are protected by encryption. But, you know, the Internet of Things is notorious for security issues. Smart gadgets aren't that great when it comes to security. And then a hacker only needs to break into one gadget to get into your entire home network. So when all your tech is connected to a network you can't even control, who knows what could happen? Bottom line, Amazon is everywhere. There's no escaping it. I mean, here's the perfect example. There are more Amazon Prime members than there are people in Russia. Not a joke. Get this. There are 150 million global Amazon Prime members. That's 5 million more people than Russia's population. It's pretty wild. There's no way to understate Amazon's influence. It's already got a hand in nearly every top American industry. I'm wondering when Amazon's actually going to try to tackle the real estate business. So what makes Amazon so successful? Business practices, products, marketing, insatiable hunger for every sector you can imagine? It's probably a combination of all the above. Amazon does give a lot of credit to the user experience. Of course, it wants to make buying as easy as possible. Its efforts paid off. Here is a number from Feedvisor. 89% of buyers are more likely to buy from Amazon than any other online store. Why is that? Well, here's what Forbes News has to say. Amazon has earned our trust by delivering the products we want, on time, intact, in the same branded brown boxes, consistently. Yes. You know what else is consistent? Amazon's move to expand its own power. If it notices a market gaining popularity, it just pounces. Amazon's enormous eye is now into the podcast world. That's right. It started expanding its influence in January when they bought Wondering. This podcast platform has some of the most popular programs in the world. 20 million monthly listeners. It's a huge deal. So what does this mean? It's just another sign that Amazon is eating into the world every industry. Well, that's what has so many people concerned, from e-commerce analysts to politicians. And today, we're gonna speak with an Amazon expert who's watched the company rise ever higher in the global ladder. What exactly is Amazon doing? What does this mean to our future? Maybe there are some predictions about Amazon, what they're doing that can actually help us as business owners. Well, that's part of it, but what about all the data collection? What's Amazon doing with it? We've got a great podcast in store. You don't want to miss a moment. I'm Kim Commando, and this is a Tech You Should Know podcast that will make you smarter and even better looking. Welcome back to Tech You Should Know. Today we're talking about business, big business, the biggest business in the global retail game. I'm talking about Amazon. As ubiquitous as Amazon is, there's not much accountability. No one really can see exactly what Amazon's infrastructure looks like. We have to ask ourselves, is it a good idea for a company as powerful to be free of checks and balances? The controversy is red hot, and I'm sure you've seen the headline. Some lawmakers say that we need to be paying close attention to Amazon. And one of those people is Jason Boyce. He's an e-commerce veteran and an Amazon expert Hey, welcome to the podcast, Jason. I'm here. Hi, Kim. All right. So, gosh, Amazon.com. Wow. Right. Started as a bookseller. Yeah. Um, every time you turn around, it seems like they're getting into something else. But Amazon impacts everyone, even if you don't have an Amazon account. Let's talk about that for just a moment, because you have Amazon.com. You have Amazon Web Services. Uh, how else can they impact you?
1: Oh, my gosh! You know they have this enormous infrastructure called aWS which is basically their cloud computing arm. They have uh, a dominant market share in that space so you know last year i can 't remember the exact month, but there was a period where one of the regions where amazon 's cloud computing software had a, had a bug and it went down, and it took down dozens of very well known e commerce and news websites. It was pretty remarkable so I mean, there's very few websites that the average consumer visits that are not housed on Amazon AWS. And that's just, Kim, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's even more.
0: Yeah. I mean, and AWS, I don't want to talk about the whole parlor issue and the control that they have, but it, and it is interesting because a lot of people don't realize that it used to be, we're talking about long time ago, 20 years ago. If you wanted a website, you had to have your own server, yeah. right? I mean, you had to have your own infrastructure, your own data center, yeah. your own lines and blah, 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 blah. And, and now basically you rent all that in a cloud and Amazon makes more money at that than they do selling whatever you can imagine, whatever you want on amazon.com. How many, do you have any idea, how many different items are for sale at amazon.com?
1: Sure. So a couple of things. First of all, I was one of those folks Kim, back in the early days of e-commerce where we had, you know, four or five machines in our, in a warehouse in LA when we were launching our first website, superduperhoops.com. So this whole idea of being able to move from there, hard machines of your own or to a hosting facility onto the cloud where computer power becomes basically like electricity. You just turn the switch on or you turn it off when you don't need it. It's pretty incredible. Um, and Amazon, um, is just head and shoulders above everyone else out there, including Microsoft, including Google. It's pretty incredible. Um, you know, your other question about Amazon making more money from AWS, there's one cohort where Amazon makes more money than even AWS and they like to hide it. And that is the Amazon third-party seller. (laughs) So there are about, you know, there are about half a billion products listed on amazon.com. Only 15 million of those come from Amazon retail itself, which would be that traditional retail relationship where a brand comes up with a wholesale price, sells it to Amazon. Amazon marks it up uh, with a relationship, traditional retail. The majority of sales, nearly 60% that go through amazon.com come from the third party seller And Amazon. Kim makes more money in profit dollars by far from Amazon third-party sellers than they do even AWS. It's one of those sort of closely held secrets.
0: You know, that's fascinating to me. And I want to talk more about Amazon branded products, but first let's talk, let's keep on with the third-party sellers. Explain to me the profit model. I don't sell anything on amazon.com. How how does Amazon make money off of these third-party sellers? Is it by fees and shipping? Do they take a commission of the sales? How does that work?
1: Yeah, there's really three buckets Uh, when I first started selling on Amazon all the way back in 2003, there was one fee. We listed our products on Amazon.com. We held title that inventory until it sold. And then when it sold, Amazon deposited into our account the sale price minus 15% of that sale. So that's the seller fee or the sales commission, if you will, that, that Amazon used to charge. And that in the old day, in the good old days, Kim, you know, I'm dating myself here. I was doing this back in 03. Um, that was um, that was the only fee. You know, fast forward, uh, you know, five to eight years, Amazon launches a program called FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon, where Amazon then offered sellers to be their fulfillment house. And the, there's tremendous benefits from sending your inventory to Amazon to let them be your warehouse. Sure.
0: You know, that's a, that's a yeah, that's just a major hassle. We did do a little bit of that and now I'm going to date myself, (laughs) is that back in the uh, early 2000s, we used to sell laptops and tablets and things like that. Uh, Commando branded dash cams. And it was really kind of a sweet little business until I decided that we just couldn't compete against Amazon. But that takes a whole level out of, as you mentioned, the pick, pack and ship, because that's not only uh, space heavy, but it's also personnel heavy. And it takes a lot of efforting to do that. So by Amazon enabling small businesses to just upload their products and start selling it. That was pretty incredible.
1: Oh, and you know what? That's, that's their moat. The Prime membership followed by FBA is how they separated themselves from the rest of the online marketplaces. And one of the reasons why they launched FBA to sellers is they noticed when they onboarded a new seller, they had tremendous growth in the beginning, and then at some point they plateaued. When they dug a little deeper among a group of sellers, they realized that these small sellers were having trouble ramping up their warehouses. You did this, Kim. You know how much of a pain in the neck it is. I was one of those that used to have a cot in the warehouse during the holiday season <laughs> because we were picking, packing, and shipping until 2 o'clock in the morning um, during the holiday shipping season. It's a really hard problem to solve. And so Amazon solved it. And that's that separated. Them. So that's, sort of the, that's the second fee, Kim. They'll charge you anywhere from 6% of your sale all the way up to 20% of your sale for storing, picking, packing, and shipping for you. And then the third one, and this is another really fast-growing segment of Amazon, it's Amazon advertising, specifically sponsored products and their demand, their DSP demand-side platform, um, ad, ad uh, platform. And so now on top of your seller fee, 15 points, on top of your FBA fee, FBA fee could also be 15 points, you're spending probably at least another 15% to drive Amazon traffic to your Amazon listing. Um, and so, you know, maybe 40 cents to 50 cents of every dollar of these third-party sellers that they sell on Amazon is going back to Amazon and they're laughing all the way to the bank, Kim.
0: And then if they determine, and I know they don't like to talk about this, but you talked about the, the SKUs that are Amazon branded products. Uh, and I will tell you that my mother is a big Kona coffee drinker. And the Kona Coffee K cups. I mean, she just you know she has to have two a day, or else she just the woman cannot function. And so <laughs> I like your mom. So I so she was complaining about the cost of the K cups that they were like, oh, I don't know, forty dollars for fifty K cups or something like that. So I said, you know, just for giggles, let's order the uh, the Amazon brand is like Solimo or something like that.
1: Yep, Selimo. and
0: let, Let's Solimo. I said let's order those K cups because it was like fifteen bucks for fifty, and. I didn't tell her which one was in her k cup machine. And so she says, oh, wow, this is your great coffee, Kim. Thank you so much for making this coffee. I love this coffee. What is it? And I'm like, it's Kona Coffee, the Amazon brand. She's like, it is better, better than the Hawaiian coffee that comes out. Yeah. Now, I have heard, and it would make sense to me because of all the data tracking, which I want to get into extensively with you, but as they are looking at products that people are buying a lot of, it seems that all of a sudden now we have Amazon branded staplers and trash bags and trash cans Uh and anything else that you can imagine that a lot of people are buying.
1: What's your take on that? Well, um, First of all, I understand it, and it's, you're, you're absolutely right. Amazon has hundreds of private label brands now that go far beyond Salimo, go far beyond Amazon Basics brand, which was their first one with their batteries, right? Batteries was the one that was a, a really big seller initially. Um, I, I understand why Amazon would want to do this. Um, they are very focused on low prices. They think by having their own brand, they can offer a lower price. My problem with it, Kim, is it's an unlevel playing field. Amazon wouldn't be what it is today without the hard work, capital, uh, product knowledge, et cetera, of the the third-party seller. And they're taking that data that the third-party seller is offering on its platform, and they're turning that into products where they have an unfair pricing advantage. Because when Amazon sells its direct, they're not paying for those ads we talked about, uh, sure, they have some cost in terms of FBA fees, but they don't have to pay themselves that seller fee either. So they have almost a twenty or thirty percent pricing advantage against third-party sellers, and that's what I have a problem with.
0: And that twenty or thirty percent—that's huge. Huge.
1: That it's huge. enormous. It's a game changer.
0: When you're looking at trying to sell something for ten dollars, fifteen dollars, a hundred dollars, couple—I mean—that can really impact your profits and how you move forward with your small business. And I know a lot of people are making money or they're depending upon it. And I've had some calls on the show where people are getting like negative reviews and trolls and competitors are getting in there. It's, 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 it can be a nasty marketplace. It can be very, very difficult. Oh yeah. And it's the jungle. It is a jungle. It's the jungle, Kim. The (laughs) Amazon jungle. (laughs) You know what? I've been to the Amazon jungle. Have you been to the Amazon? I mean the
1: real jungle. Have you been there? (laughs) No, no, just the digital one only, Kim. I haven't had the pleasure.
0: Well, (laughs) let me tell you, the Amazon jungle, I'll tell you a quick story. Okay. So I'm down there, I'm down there with my son. Okay. And uh, he was, I think he was 13, 14 years old at that time. And so I'm like, you know what, we need to like go see things. We need to like really experience the Amazon. Because we're on this boat, we're going down. We, I mean, we actually, you know, fish for piranha. It was really fast. he Went to a school and we delivered them candies. And it's a obviously a, it's totally different culture. So I take the tour guide aside and I gave him like twenty bucks, and I said, "Listen, we want to. I want to really see the real Amazon. I don't want to see like the Amazon where you're taking tourists. I want to see like the real Amazon." Now, keep in mind, the boat that I'm on in the Amazon is all guarded with police because of pirates and things that happen on the Amazon. So he says, you know, so are you sure you want to see the real Amazon? I said, yeah. And he's like, okay, so tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., you and Ian come meet me here at the steps of the little boat, the raft, and we'll take it someplace. I said, okay. So we get down there. Now, the Amazon's filthy. So you have to imagine this, Jason, that they put you in all this (sighs) gear. Uh, I mean, like, you know, boots up to your thighs because you really can't touch the water in the Amazon or else you'll get sick. (laughs) So we get on this little raft and we go buzzing around 10 minutes from the boat and we get off the boat and there's a a group of, of villagers that are standing there. And they're welcoming us like, oh, hello, how are you? But they don't speak English. They speak whatever they speak in Amazon. And this woman is looking at me and she's, shaking her head and she's like has her hands in prayer and she's bobbing her head up and down and she's speaking like, and I don't have any words what she's saying, but she's smiling at me and speaking. So of course, you know, my natural inclination is to smile back. Right. I mean, you're going to like say hello. <laughs> and then the Torah guide starts laughing and I look at him and I said, what? He says, well, I think we need to go. And I said, why? We're having such a great time. He says, well, she is in charge of the tribe and she is saying to everybody here that you're very beautiful and you're very lovely and you're also very muscular and you would probably be very tasty.
1: (laughs) You know, Kim, that that is um, there's a lot of parallels when I talk to small business sellers when they try to launch on Amazon to that story that you just gave right there. (laughs) That is amazing.
0: Well, when we come back, we're going to talk more about Amazon and data gathering and all the other things that are happening behind the scenes at Amazon. So stay right where you are because we have to say thank you to a few of our partners who helped make this podcast possible. Hey, welcome back to Tech You Should Know. We're speaking with Jason Boyce. He's an internet e-commerce veteran and really, truly an expert about Amazon and not afraid to talk about the dirty little secrets. Let's talk more about Amazon as far as data collection as a company. I don't think a lot of people realize how far those tentacles go.
1: Where would you, where would you start yeah, look, there was an amazing report released by Ghostery. Ghostery has a, a Chrome extension that helps uh, consumers track who's tracking them. And I think they they looked at something like a billion clicks of traffic. And they released this report at the end of, of 2020 that showed very clearly that Amazon is now collecting more data um, than Facebook. Uh, Google, by far, collects more than anyone else. Um, Amazon was at about a 30% range and, and, and Facebook was at the 27% range. I almost fell out of my chair, but it makes perfect sense. Not only have they swallowed the majority of the market share in the internet, e-commerce, physical goods space, but now they're also eating up a bigger and bigger share of the internet in general.
0: Wow. That is something. And you can turn off the tracking on Amazon, And we've talked about it also on the show that, and also on the site that a lot of people don't realize that they even have a public profile on Amazon and you have to get rid of that. It's not, it's, it's kind of like a social media profile. I mean, it has your wish lists and your likes and, and, and it's interesting to me that, that when we start talking about data collection, that it is, it goes beyond just the site itself. Speak to it as far as data collection Jason with the, the Amazon echo device.
1: Oh, sure. So, I mean, they're a fascinating device. And then there's another creepy device, the, um, the halo band that they just came out with. It's that goes around your wrist. Have have you, have you talked about that one on your show yet, Kim? It's creepy.
0: Oh yeah. The, the halo. Oh my gosh. The halo will tell you when you're not being nice to your spouse. Uh, it'll remind you to talk nice. Um, it's uh and what is what is the amazon product where they where they want you to, is that the product where they want you to take picture of yourself in your underwear too
1: oh yeah so that's the um the made to order t uh, t-shirt product where you lay your phone down on the ground you take basically a naked picture of yourself so it can scan your body um but this is also uh, actually I, i'm talking about two separate things here kim the first one is just that that halo they want you to take a basically a naked picture of your body so they can track your body fat and your fitness, which is creepy in itself, but they're taking that now and you can buy a custom made t-shirt by using similar technology where they're taking that same naked snapshot of you so that they can make you and turn around in a very quick amount of time, like less than 10 days, seven to 10 days, a custom made t-shirt. So this is sort of all part of them laying the foundation um, for future growth. and, And, one of the hot areas of future growth for Amazon is the health space. You know, Bezos has famously said your margin is my opportunity and he sees huge problems in the healthcare space. So all of these little things that they're doing, the halo band, um, the echo device, um, you know, this, this new made to order TV, there's sort of, I think it's also a health play as well as a, you know, an e-commerce play where they're moving quickly into the custom clothing space. But, all of this data is sitting there in a profile about you and what are they doing with that data, right? No one really knows. Um, and, so, and they're collecting more and more of it. And I think we're marching towards a the time uh, they've launched Amazon Pharmacy. Um, they've, of course, acquired yes. um, uh, PillPack a couple of years ago. Um, they 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 purposefully separated from the Warren Buffett and Jamie Dimon group recently, where they were combining to make a healthcare space. All of that is is leading to the point where you can wake up in the morning and say, um, "You know, Alexa, uh, I have a sore throat. What should I do?"
0: Yes, and uh, and Alexa is now using hunches, so she'll be doing things without you even asking.
1: Yeah, I mean, the amount of data that they're collecting is unlike anything that we've ever seen in the history of the world. Now, big tech is included, but I think Amazon is setting itself up to be, um, have even a, a deeper um, amount of um, information collected over time.
0: So, what do you think the end game is other than world domination?
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, they're there, I think, Kim. I, I mean, they've already reached monopoly status. In my opinion and the opinion of the house judiciary and um antitrust attorneys they're there i mean they own 60 percent of the online market share for uh, uh product goods sold you know um, and you know second place is walmart the largest retail in the world with five or six percent online market share so they own online they want e-commerce um the next phase is how do you take a company that's doing gmb gmv gross merchandise value of half a trillion dollars worth of goods sold every year and continue that growth rate at 20 to 30%. And I think Scott Galloway in his new book um, has, has said it clearly. They have, in order to maintain that level of growth with their market domination, they're going to have to go after new markets. And I think healthcare's prime for that. Um, you know, they're, they're going after the grocery business in a big way. I think there's seven, Uh, full-size Amazon fresh grocery stores now that are both in LA and Chicago area. They're they're pretty amazing. They're going to be expanding those rapidly. So a company that is so focused on market share has to go to new markets because their margins are so small um, in order to keep their investors happy. And I just don't think we've ever seen a company like Amazon, Kim. And the scary part is who's going to catch them, right? Who's going to catch them? Who, who has the ability to catch them because they're in such a dominant position?
0: You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because when you start tying it all together like this and you start looking at every different aspect of what Amazon and how they're impacting and touching our lives. And it, it does get concerning because of how much control they have. And, you know, with competition comes innovation. And maybe we're stifling some innovation because we there there just isn't a force. And I don't think Walmart or Target could ever, ever catch up to what Amazon's doing. I mean, they're working on things way behind the scenes. I think I bet you they're working on stuff which I'd like to get to when we after we take this break about your predictions for the future. What where do we see Amazon going? Because we have to take just a, a few moments now to say a special thank you to our podcast partners because they help pay the bills. welcome back to Tech You Should Know. I'm speaking with Jason Boyce. He's an e-commerce expert. And Jason, what's the title of your book? The Amazon Jungle. Oh, it is a jungle. It is absolutely a jungle. (laughs) And so really great things uh, that you've been passing along and sharing your know-how with us about how Amazon is building this, you know, I say world domination, jokingly, tongue-in-cheek, but... uh, you know they're not pinky anymore. So, wh- where do you see where do you see the future of Amazon going? Give us just give us one solid prediction that you have right now.
1: Oh my gosh, Kim, there's so many predictions. Um, let's say, you know, I, I want to talk about two if I could if I could squeeze them in. One is supply chain. Amazon this holiday just did something that will be talked about in MBA programs for the next 30 years. Uh, there are 500,000 delivery drivers somehow managed during peak COVID to to perform sort of a Christmas and Hanukkah miracle. And, um, uh, you know, they now have more drivers than UPS and USPS combined delivering packages to customers' door. And that kind of snuck up on everyone, just like they did with AWS and so I believe that Amazon will continue to dominate they have their own air force they have their own fleet of ships they have a, a growing number of trucks but if we fast forward to like five to ten years, Amazon just purchased one hundred thousand rivian electric vehicle vans fast forward to self driving vans where the dra- where the van Comes up to your your curb, stops at your curb. The door slides open, and a robot jumps out of the car and delivers your package to your doorstep, and then goes back. Um, or self driving sort of semi trucks that show up in your neighborhood, and the top of the trailer pops open, and um, you know these sort of uh, these um, UAVs pop out, and they start dropping packages at your doorstep. So these are some things that. You know, Amazon is leading the charge in this post-industrial sort of culture that we're moving into rapidly, and it's creating all sorts of sort of cultural problems. But they're they're in a dominant position across multiple categories. Supply chains, one of them. E-commerce, we talked about. Um, and then moving, of course, into this area where your Alexa device becomes your new doctor on some level. I mean, it's, it's some really sort of science fiction stuff in here, but these are all things that I have no doubt they're moving quickly and we'll take a market lead in.
0: And it's, this sounds far fetched. And I bet you some people right now, Jason, they're thinking like, really like, like a semi is going <laughs> to pull in my neighborhood and UAVs are going to be like dropping off my vitamins for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I yeah. also, I, it's, I also. In testing phases. Yeah, I also think that at some point we're just going to get boxes of stuff that are it's just d- delivered to us. I mean, it's just there. And you open the box and you're like, "Oh, yeah, I you know, I was running out of vitamin D. I'm so glad that you sent that. I'm not talking about subscribe and save. I'm talking about more mm-hmm. even if now we have a change in climate. Oh, I bet you gosh, Jason, I you know, you bought a vest 3 years ago. It's probably old. Let's get you a new down vest because it's going to be snowing here in a couple of weeks. So we'll have predictive patterns. And it, this is already happening in places like Tokyo where there are stores where, you can, where they automatically just deliver you clothes and then you take what you want and then you leave. Um, one of the, the gals on our team, Allie, she was talking about her husband had this strange idea for Amazon. And he explained to her that they go to Whole Foods Prime now. He said, what if Amazon had a refrigerator that they just put on your porch and and every two weeks they just load it up with whatever you want? And she said she laughed at him, but then she thought to herself, you know, that actually wouldn't be a bad idea, but how convenient would that be?
1: Um, I would sign up for that likely uh, tomorrow if it became available because I hate going to the grocery store. Um, but yeah, I mean, Amazon is already dabbling in things like, you know, having delivery drivers put something in your trunk, having delivery drivers have access to your front door or to your garage. Of course, these things are going to happen. And of course, they're in advanced development um, at Amazon. They're really, really good about keeping these things secret until they're ready to launch. And they will they will quietly launch these things in beta mode without anybody knowing it. And then before you know it, they're like AWS where they own, you know, 30, 40% of the market share and everyone's like, how did that happen? But they are absolutely working on the next 10 years, the next five years, the next 20 years. And it's all coming, Kim. It's all coming. And, you know, I mentioned these are gonna create some problems that we all have to to grapple with as a society. What happens to those five hundred thousand drivers that just got replaced? What happens to all those clerks? at the grocery store that have been replaced by cameras and automation, right? Ultimately, Amazon needs customers who are making money in order to buy their products. And so I think these are big questions that I track and I'm paying close attention to as they become more and more efficient, as more AI takes over, more human jobs, and, and you know how this all shakes out. I mean, it's exciting, but also a little bit terrifying at the same time.
0: It is, but you have such tremendous insight into what's going on on Amazon and also with your e-commerce background. Are there any opportunities here for people to use Amazon's growth to expand their wealth and their business?
1: Look, if you if you have an idea for a product, and we should talk offline. Um, you should be selling on Amazon. And let me tell you why. Um, not only is it a great, not only is that where the shoppers are, you should be there to develop your brand. You get more customer data in the form of reviews than any other platform so that you can improve your product and perfect it. Once that product is perfected and become a big selling brand on Amazon, there's been about $1.5 billion raised in this category called Amazon aggregators where a big brand will raise a hundred million dollars or more and go out and buy up Amazon FBA sellers or Amazon brands and these sort of micro brands. And there are about two dozen that I have counted so far with a lot of private capital looking to put to work. And there's almost a feeding frenzy in terms of buying up these Amazon businesses right now, because there's a lot of money and maybe not enough sellers to buy up. And so If you have an idea for a product, you should absolutely be selling on Amazon. You should be growing that business on Amazon and preparing for an exit that could happen as soon as two years, three years, and you can take a year off with all that money that you make. (laughs) Um, There's one other other interesting thing that I want to add in terms of advertising that uh, Amazon is starting to get smarter on. And I think the whole idea of video, we talked a little bit about predictions. Amazon is getting stronger on video and, Um, this idea of, you know, my co-author of my book, Rick Cesare is a legend from the direct response TV world, you know, launched George Foreman, GoPro, OxyClean. And we're using a lot of those tactics for video on Amazon. And there's a lot of opportunities to grow Amazon as an off Amazon branding channel as well, that will drive business and brand awareness, not only to your Amazon sales, but also to your Shopify store or to your other channels. So they really are It really is a great place to start a business, fine tune a product brand or private label. And, you know, in my book, it'll show you how to do that. If you've never done it before and you're not sure how to do it.
0: Gosh, we could talk all day, Jason, but we can't. So (laughs) this is the part of the podcast where I just you could just pitch the heck out of your book right now. What do you think?
1: <laughs> well <laughs> well thank you. I, I do appreciate that. What I've put in that book is 17 years, 18 years of mistakes made and lessons learned from those mistakes. And you know, I went through several phases as an Amazon seller. The the phase that I share how to do in the book, The Amazon Jungle, is the in my opinion, it's the best strategy for long term success. It's the best strategy for setting up a business that you can have a million dollar exit with. And um, and you know, and then, and, and you know, if, if the book's not enough, you can reach out to me, um, at Jason at Avenue, the number seven media.com. And we have an agency where we're your fully outsourced Amazon department. If you got a brand, you don't want to learn all this stuff yourself. You want somebody to do it for it. We can help you. So Kim, we should definitely talk. I know you've got five or six product ideas rattling around in that brilliant mind of yours. So let's talk. <laughs>
0: All right, we shall do that. Jason, thanks for
1: joining us. (laughs) Thank you, Ken. Always a pleasure.
0: 2020 wasn't great for a lot of us, but it was a super year for Amazon. And it looks like 2021 will be another big year. I can't imagine saying, Alexa, I don't feel well. I mean, I don't know. Telemedicine sounds better to me than just an echo speaker. But I'm going to stay on the trail. I'm always looking out for the latest trends that I can share with you, because after all, knowledge is power. Just a quick reminder over on our website, commando.com, we do daily news briefs and we have tips, tricks, and secrets. And if you ever want to catch the entire Kim Commando show as a podcast, there's only one place to get that. It's not here on Google and Apple or Spotify or tuned in or Pandora. The only place to get the entire three hour Kim Commando show, national radio show, commercial free, by the way, is over at getkim.com. You get a 30 day free trial, by the way. After that, it's just a few bucks a month. Hey, got to help us pay the bills. We're a small business. Hey, a special thank you goes out to Jason Boyce for coming on the show today, telling us all about Amazon. And a big thank you goes out to our amazing tech director and producer, Mike James. Thank you, Mike, for everything that you do. And also a great shout out to Serena O'Sullivan. She's our producer, writer, and reporter. And of course, I've saved the best for last. Thank you for listening. I couldn't do it without you guys and gals. And if you like this episode, leave a fabulous five-star review over wherever you get your podcasts because that'll help more people find our podcast. And the more people that listen, the better off we all are. And once again, thanks for listening. I'm Kim Commando, and I'll see you on the radio.